Okay, so you've heard the warnings on the previous two episodes. If you're on iTunes, you see an explicit tag. Probably. Now, um, what do you think is going to be in this episode? So, you'll get one more warning during the episode, but really, if you don't have headphones at the ready now, and there's somebody else in the room that might be offended by sweariness, you really might want to listen later. Okay. George out. Welcome to Conlangery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley, and with me, still in Maryland, but she's going to move eventually, Bianca Mangum. Hello. And also over in the great state of Wisconsin, we have William Annis. Howdy. I was thinking of our kinship terms of kinship terms over the weekend because I was a Tio and now I am a Shushu. Oh, I remember this. You're an uncle again. Yes. But from a different relative. A different yes. sibling. Yes. I was Tio which is mother's brother and now Shushu is father's younger brother. No. So, so um I think but yeah, while I think while we were recording, my sister in law was in label labor <laughs> and she gave birth to a beautiful baby girl Yay. named Rose. <laughs> so sorry I'm I'm giggling because uh Is it because of my yay? No, it's not because you're. I, I forget if I've told this here, but it's such a great story. I've told it so many places, and it's 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 about birth and linguistics. I was at college when my mother gave birth to my little brother, and I was telling people this, and one of my college friends asked if my mom got that post mortem depression. <laughs> <laughs> Explain about postpartum depression and no, not have to worry about that. But that would be a drag. I'm dead. I'm so depressed. <laughs> I don't think quite sad about it too. Uh, <laughs> certain certain religious possibilities aside, certain sure. afterlife possibilities aside. But uh, yeah, I don't know why I forgot to mention this happening in the last podcast, actually, because we were talking about personal names, and this is an interesting example because of different names that you can have, because, okay, for background, my sister-in-law is from Taiwan, so the baby is named Rose 
Elizabeth Corley as her English name. They actually won't decide on the Chinese name until they go to Taiwan next year to get her registered over there. No. She needs, like, an identification number. But right now, everybody calls her Xiao Rose, which... Little Rose. Yeah, Little Rose. And, the you know, she has also a nickname that's a pun, Xiao Rose, that her... Taiwanese grandfather gave her uh, Rose being a, a pun, but on uh, in Chinese that means meat strips. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Here comes little beef jerky. <laughs> it's funny how different names mean different things. Which is just unfortunate, because I met this girl named Rana once, which means <laughs> frog in Spanish. And, yeah. Well, you know. the one thing about the, the Chinese name, they they are asking the Chinese grandparents to choose the Chinese name, mm-hmm. because they're more interested in like traditional naming practices, and so... They're still talking about it, and they haven't decided yet. But um, her, the the uh, the the Taiwanese grandmother, the I think you will call the that uh, she will be called Lao Lao by the baby. But uh, it's always the grandmothers who decide, isn't it? Well, it's actually uh, she told me. That that it's the Taiwanese grandfather that's going to be well. choosing the name, but uh, I had heard before that she was going to be. So I don't know. Different stories. But well, those things are tricky. Yeah, she was telling me they needed to use the the date of birth, the time of birth, and do some. I guess they're doing. They she want. They want to do some feng shui fortune-telling type stuff, because she talked about also um, balancing the five elements and such, so... This could get very complicated. This does sound <laughs> too complicated already. In, in parts of Louisiana, <laughs> you just go talk to an old voodoo lady. <laughs> she concocts the name. I don't think that's done much anymore. <laughs> and I was just reading about uh, naming practices for... Um, upper-class Aztec kids, and it sounds like what's going to happen to the, the new the new Taiwanese baby is there's astrology has to be consulted and all sorts of... All mm. sorts of people will be involved. Just for a name. Okay. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, it's not. It was a nice, sweet story to start us off, though. I will warn people before we start this topic, uh, you've in case you missed the warning on the podcast download. Yeah, you you will have you will have ample warning of it. But I will tell you one more time: if your mother is listening, if children are listening, if somebody who is very say religious is listening, turn the volume up. Turn 
pause us and listen to us later, or if you have headphones, put the headphones on, because let me give you a little taste of what we are going to be talking about. If you haven't switched over to headphones, do it now. Yes. We are talking about taboo vocabulary. More specifically, we're talking mostly about swearing and insults and no impolite language. We won't have to bleep Bianca today. Yay! Like in the other episode when I said fuck face. (laughs) Yes, yes, that will that will make it into the episode this time. You can say fuck face if you want. As many times as I want. (laughs) Well hopefully we can say that in as many languages as possible. Oh oh, oh, I have I have plans. If if you're wondering where that clip came from, that's that's from the King's Speech, a very, very famous scene, at least if you look at the YouTube crowd. <laughs> Why did we go with, like, the most British swearing? We should have done proper American swearing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the Duke of York saying a bunch of bad words, so I wanted that to go with that. funnier. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Although, my, my opinion of American words to express displeasure was changed a lot when I was walking in Madison with a guy from Argentina and uh, it was raining a little bit and there was puddles on the street and a bus came by and splashed me a little bit and I just said, damn it. And he's like, you're satisfied with that? (laughs) And let loose with the multiple words for shit and whore that Spanish has. (laughs) Uh, mierda puta, carajo, etc., etc. Yeah, no, it went on for a while. I, I, I felt caramba, and um, I don't know the the. I think uh, a common translation of damn it is joder, which is also translated as to fuck. So. Yeah, but you're not going to get an Argentine Argentinian saying that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I do like joder. It's a good word. Joder, it's interesting. It seems not as strong as fuck. No, it's just what you say. It's like the interjection version. Yeah, but it's used in many of the same ways. I remember heard in Pan's Labyrinth somebody say jodido to mean fucked up. And I think, I think it has all the, those, those non-sexual Senses. I have not heard of it. it. I don't know if it actually has the sexual meaning at all. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Check Wiktionary. But anyway, let's just uh, sort of go over sort of the broad category. There's from what I have seen and read about this, there's usually three major categories of uh, semantic fields that will generate taboo words, and that's um, 
sexuality, scatological words, but, you know, shit, piss, that stuff. And then there's religious. God Blasphemy. damn it, damn it, whatever. This or you can mix and match. Well, of course. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid being naughty, you know, I always went straight in the bookstores, I went straight to the foreign language section in the off chance something other than a Spanish dictionary would be there. And I once found a book on, you know, swearing in a dozen languages or something like that, all of these European ones. And my favorite, it, it was some from some Spanish-speaking area that involved swearing on the 24 testicles of the apostles. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. Testicles of the apo- Apostles. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That reminds me of my favorite Chinese swear that I put uh, on here. It's Cao Ni Zudong Shi Ba Dai, which is fuck your ancestors to the 18th generation. How did they pick 18? Why is it not 17? Why is it's, it not 20? From what I have. From, if I remember correctly, it's actually a play on words from a famous, like, actual uh-huh. historical, like, curse that was, okay. like, Chao Ni Zong Shi Ba Dai, which is, I curse your ancestors to the 18th generation. So, there's some historical background to it that I'm not sure of. Yeah, that's always the case with... Maybe it's just a nice-sounding number. Sometimes it happens. Boy, and the Chinese do love to count things. <laughs> yes, there's there's lots of numbers, but uh, I think one thing you want to majorly think about in the first place when you're looking at making, since we're Conlanger podcast here, when you're making swear words for a language, you need to consider culture. So. Anglophone culture is ver- fairly squeamish about sex, but in general not that religious, for example. So, our religious terms, unless you're in a very religious community, will usually be very weak. And then the sexual terms like fuck and cunt are extremely Ooh. strong. That was actually at the last party I went to when I was late and screwed everything up. We were actually talking about, like, some people really dislike the word cunt, and some people are like, yeah, it's fine. But it's just not a very satisfying word to say. I don't like it as a swear word. <laughs> it, You know, because it just doesn't have the same emphasis. Like, if really? you say fuck, yeah. Like, no, not like semantically, just like in saying it physically, it's not as satisfying. You have have two stops, one at the start, one at the end. That seems pretty robust to me. No, it's stop, blah, stop. No, it should be blah, 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 stop. Are we now arguing arguing the phonesthetics of the word cunt? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's... Hey, the, 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 the party I was at that made me miss last week's. Um, we, we spent some time discussing the semiotics of porn, so why not discuss the phonesthetics of a word I can't even bring myself to say? <laughs> <laughs> it is a very strong word. 
in my part of the world, it is. The, in the British, apparently, say this with more enthusiasm, but <laughs> that's true. Like it does vary. Like I can't bring myself to take British swearing seriously. I'm sorry. Like just not like the same words that they have that we have in America, but like the other ones that they have that we don't have. I'm just I've, like that's a kitty curse. What the hell are you talking about? Really, I find bugger very satisfying to say. It's a shame it. No, I'm just like I'm, that's a kids I'm, curse. I'm for meant children. to not really. <laughs> I meant to for look babies. up what bugger comes from, but I failed to. I'm not sure what is bugger. What does it mean even? Sodomy. Oh, okay. Not a word to use around your British granny, probably. <laughs> uh, okay. I, yes. Now but I it just sounds out. like a kitty word. I'm like, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right. But I, I know what they mean at this point. But I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but what, what were we for your conlang, it actually might behoove you to think about it when you're choosing swear words because you don't want to have something ridiculous like perkele, which what is, is that? That's Finnish. Yes, it comes from the name of a Finnish god that got associated with Satan after the Christians came. Huh. It's like in Swedish. Well, not at all, really. <laughs> Swedish Satan is a swear word, right? The name for Satan? Uh, they have, um, Jevla, which is like devil. Oh, okay. And, and is that something, Helvita, is that something you... which is hell. And then, oh, damn it. Now I mean, and do you say me. these when you stub your toe and you're angry at someone? Why would you... Would you call someone these? How would these words get used? I don't think it matters as much in Sweden. Mm -hmm. But I could just be making things up. I don't okay. know that much about these words, actually. I just remember hearing about the word perkele. But from what I remember hearing, it's not actually that strong of a word, but it's, it is still a swear word. Mm -hmm. And they have stuff like ritu which I think is vagina. And I think there's also a one Finnish swear word that means I snot, but I don't remember it. Ew. <laughs> it presents a vivid message, at least. In, uh, that's interesting. In Esperanto, we you use an adverb form of devil. Diable is sort of a general swear. And then there's, I think, I think Merdo, Merdo made it into... but. It wasn't until a a um, anonymous Hungarian, who we now know is a very famous Hungarian Esperanto author, wanted to write some sex poetry, uh -huh. and he's responsible for most of the the, the mm, non polite sex and anatomy anatomy vocabulary in Esperanto. Ah, okay. So he who's he gonna learn Esperanto just to swear? Well, <laughs> oh no. You can create these, because it's so easy to create words, you can have all sorts of fun, all sorts of fun creating pretty, pretty hair-raising stuff. Why couldn't you just learn Spanish? Because Esperanto is more fun. No, it's not. For building words, for, for building new words on the fly, few things compare to Esperanto. 
but we can argue about that some other thing. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing I was going to say, one, now that I think about it, I think um, Yevla is actually the adjective form. And number two, why is it that it's always the swear words that you remember? Like, seriously? I was watching some movies in Swedish. I go a good ten minutes, understand, like, a couple of functional words and stuff. And then the whole, like, one minute where they're cursing at some lady, I'm just like, great. This is the part where I understand every single word. <laughs> yeah, like, well, m many, many a British schoolboy became better at Greek and Latin by going into the library of their little public school and looking up the naughty words for those bits of the poems and the plays that were passed over in silence. So it's a very common experience. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Um, everybody, you always... I know when I look at uh, Spanish movies, I... I hear chingada, I hear hijo de puta, I hear that. I even remember watching Diarios de Motocicleta and figuring out a swear word that I hadn't heard before, joda madre, which apparently is a direct calc of English motherfucker. Hmm. Yeah, well, there you go, joder. As fuck. Yeah. Well, <sighs> swearing especially if it's of the stub-your-toe variety, has no syntax, right? You just string some phrases together to get across how you feel. They're a lot simpler. Yeah, I remember this one time I stapled my thumb. It hurt like a bitch. Yeah, I just said the most ridiculous string of, like, just curse words in no order. It was, like, it was terrible. I think I even threw the word table in there just because I was so... Like, <laughs> I'm going to invent a language where calling someone a table is a deadly insult. <laughs> well, That's but awesome. um, the thing is, that doesn't have much syntax to it, that stubbing your toe swearing, but swearing can, swear words can do crazy things, like, you know, infixing of fucking, remember, sure, like that. Oh, incredible. I just did that on my Facebook. Let me find it, because I was making fun of someone. <laughs> you guys can talk while I look at it. <laughs> now she's looking for her own in-the-wild example of her own private, her own personal corpus. So, <laughs> um, because of my own religious beliefs, which are non-existent, when I invent languages, I tend not to involve religion in swearing. So, that's interesting because there's some parts of the world where that's a really major part. I, th I guess French tends to lean more in the direction of blasphemy. Yeah, what's the thing in our Steven Pinker... Uh Episodes. He doesn't actually give the French, but supposedly in Quebecois, if you say a cursed chalice, it's a major swear word or something. Sure, sure, sure. That sounds so lame. <laughs> well, well that if was everyone, the point of. If... Oh, that's what it was. 
I found it now. So it was like, are you seriously complaining about the physics of Star Motherfucking Trek? <laughs> <laughs> That's a substantial... Well, is that an infix, I guess? You don't uh, know Star Trek is separate. It's it's like fire truck. It's one thing. I don't care if it's spelled with two words. Because <laughs> uh. if you separate them, they mean something different than combined. Right? That's a valid test, right? <laughs> well, one of <laughs> Now, one other category that we haven't mentioned quite yet is racial slurs. Like, um, I can list some English ones. What? Nigger, wetback, dago, wop. I've been called a wop. I've only heard dago watching Horatio Hornblower. It doesn't... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's Dago, Dago and Wop are both uh, for Italians. Oh, Chink, Jap. So, but uh, basically, the thing I see with ra- racial slurs is there'll be like some pseudo, like describing a stereotype, or there'll just be something like. I guess, like, Dago probably came from something people imagined Italians saying or something. Sure. <laughs> this, this, this happened in the languages of the Pacific Northwest, where, and we can talk about this later, they have characteristic ways of deforming speech, both in storytelling and in mocking people of particular characteristics. And a few of them involve borrowing phonetic features or exaggerating grammatical features that that one gets an impression when listening to a different language mm-hmm. from the region. Um, I'm trying to remember <coughs> one of them. Well, I can look that up, but... Well, apparently Dago comes from Diego. Oh? Really? According to Wiktionary. Well, mm-hmm. so it's an imagined common... Em- an imagined common Italian name, then, basically. But, or um, Spanish. One that I was thinking of when I was uh, looking at uh, thinking about ethnic terms, I don't know how strong taboos are on these, because I don't think they're, it's, they're really that much taboo, but the Chinese, you could say they're kind of uh, combining uh, ethnic terms with uh, superstition in that they have or they're sort of archaic now, but they still use a number of ethnic terms that have the term which means which means ghost or evil spirit or demon. So Yang is foreign devil Zhurguizhe, Japanese devil, Baiguizhe, white devil, Beiguizhe, black devil. And those are all referring to ethnic or racial groups. It's kind of like you can use some of the same tricks that we were talking about with word formation in general to talk about making swear words. I mean, just like, fuck is another example in English where, you know, you can use the base form of the verb fuck, you can say fuck, you can say fucking, 
Yeah, I wonder how many natural languages have the elaboration English has for this one word. I feel like we're English is, or at least American English, has a very small set hmm. of of material to work with when it wants to swear. Yeah, I feel like I don't use that many different words, but I use them a lot of different ways. <laughs> it's all the pragmatics. <laughs> you know. I don't know, because I'm very shy about swearing anyway, because... I Oh, I got... No, I got in trouble the other day for that. Um, me and my friend were at the bookstore, and we were talking, and apparently I swear quite a lot, so I was getting quite a lot of side-eye for it, and I'm like, whatever. It's not like you haven't heard it before, so go bother someone else. Have any of you guys actually incorporated much <coughs> swearing into your con lines? Yes, but I have a hard time with it. Just because... My my only model is English, and I don't want to do just, you know, relax English for swearing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did it by request for a Nyalk, but I'm not really happy with what I came up with. Wait, someone asked you for... Yeah, I did lessons and everything, so I asked them what they wanted for the next lesson, and they said swear words. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm not happy with it. Just because it feels too much like my English swearing. Yeah, my only things are less than less than polite ways of referring to other races and such. In Yeltach, in other languages, I haven't really worked on this, but uh, Yeltach, I had I had sort of species slurs, but this uh-huh. it's a sci-fi world. It would take me a little bit to explain what they mean and or anything, but... I, I, think, I did... Go yeah. ahead. Oh, no, it's not that important. Um, I think the most common insult, at least in Inyalk, is um, Ikenus, which is basically just any foreigner, so... They uh, don't like... They don't like them. So if you just want to call someone dumb, that's the adjective. If... Just want to make fun of someone. Use that, but it's kind of like a baby term. Like, damn, damn is like a baby word to me. Like, I can't imagine. <laughs> I got yelled at for saying damn, and I was like, that's not a real curse word now. I, uh, you weren't raised in a very religious household. Yeah. I mean, damn to me is very weak. To some, of my family might be. It might be a little stronger. God damn it is very strong to people like my mother and my one of my sisters. So my mother doesn't swear in English, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, that's an interesting thing. Like, <laughs> this work by things like social class and 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 age, depending on how complicated you want your 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 world building to go. It, w- the thing you said, uh, another thing that commonly is insulted is people's intelligence. Certainly, um, one part of Japanese being rude is to, you know, complain about people's intelligence. And and apparently, um, that's how most insults work in, in many Aboriginal languages. So in their intelligence, the organ of intelligence is your ear, because that's how you hear and learn things. So you have all sorts of really improbable phrases improbable anatomical phrases involving ears um, to describe someone's stupidity. 
Huh. So I guess Van Gogh would be pretty retarded. Well, for, for cutting off his ear. And you've just demonstrated it for us here. <sighs> Bianca using that word. Um, Sorry. Like, <laughs> seriously? No. It, there's a lot of people who have issues with it, but it's like, I would never oh. someone who's mentally handicapped retarded. It doesn't refer to that to me. Right. Well, I'm just saying, as intelligence being oh, how yeah. that word gets used. I should have. I, I don't have as much reaction to that word as I might. I probably should, being the son of a special ed teacher. But uh, sometimes it gets on me, sometimes it doesn't. It's like I said, they don't refer to the same thing to me, so it's kind of like... Yeah. For me, it's just been a semantic shift. Like, maybe that's where it comes from, but that's not where it is to me now. And that's actually a phenomenon that has occurred with, specifically with words referring to mental impairment and to other disabilities. It used, you used to call, call someone who's mentally retarded an idiot as a scientific, like a medical term. But you can't do that anymore. I think I've read something about that. It's just like, I love reading old English curses, like, Oh, yeah. they're just so hilarious now. I wish I could think of one. But if you go back, like, I was reading Sherlock Holmes today, and I don't, they haven't really used anything that weird. But it's just like, when you go through and read, like, the old English curses, they just sound so silly. Well, that's the problem, right, is the words have to be used for effect, and they quickly become bled of any meaning they have by being by overuse. The longer these words get used, the less like the the less usable they can be over time. When I was a kid, calling someone a sucker was a horrible. That would get you. That would get soap in your mouth. That was not something any adult wanted to hear you saying. Now, I can't imagine anyone objecting to that at all. Yeah, that's. So that's another thing: is these 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 things quickly lose, quickly become bled of their meaning. That's true, and it's definitely true of even some stronger curses like fuck and a few others like and shit it can has it still holds some of its original meaning. Probably because it still has a fairly fairly strong taboos on both of those words. But it's kind of bleached out a lot. Um what was I thinking to say? Oh, and another thing is, a lot of people use conlangs in fiction, and I find actually that using, I don't think of, I don't see that much of conlang swears, but using, like, in-story-appropriate swear words sometimes just takes the bite entirely off of it. Like, I'm reading the series A Song of Ice and Fire, which by George R. R. Martin, which doesn't right. have a whole lot of language in it. The Dothraki language that was created was created for the TV series. But uh, they have a phrase that's uh, the others take X. And in story, that's fairly strong because the others are these evil demon things that that uh, raise the dead and such. But reading it, I'm like, 
the others take your mother. Uh, that has no effect on me, so... Yeah, you can't translate swears, you know, as they are, or else it just sounds... It, you don't get it. It's not the same. You don't it's get the like meaning. It's just a cursed tabernacle there. Yeah, I'd be like... Or the, the guy who wrote the magnificent HBO series Deadwood has so much swearing in it. You watch a single episode and you want to call everyone a cocksucker for the next week. <laughs> but that's not how people in, you know, Deadwood actually spoke. That was still a time when straight-up blasphemy had a strong emotional impact in English. Mm-hmm. So he, he didn't he he translated the swearing into a modern vernacular to to make his show. Mm-hmm. So so George, you don't think people should have the sort of cultural specific swearing in their in their novels, in their sci-fi or fantasy novels? I think it's fine. I think like the the others take that that thing. It makes sense in the story, and it's fine, good to create some things that make sense in the story. Uh, there are, sometimes there are very silly ones, like I think in some, uh, like Golden Age science fiction, they had, uh, had people saying, buy space! And I'm like, that's just stupid. Right, you don't. (laughs) But there's a, there's a way to make it good, but, and in Song of Ice and Fire, the, he doesn't, doesn't only use these culturally specific swears. He also used regular English swear words. Yeah. In in places where they they make good effect, but they he uses them. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. I, I can't honestly say that I can remember reading anything where an author attempted a culturally specific just sort of swearing like that and it and it was so weird that it drew my attention away. I don't even think I've read anything with, like, a conlang. Oh, wait, no, I read Lord of the Rings. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, those elves are never going to swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, but there was definitely no swearing in they, there. They, for some reason, have no taboo words at all. They, just, they, they do. Because they live in a world without genitals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they do. They just wouldn't waste it on us stupid humans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the dwarves would have some great ones, but unfortunately their language is a closely guarded secret. Right. I can just shove the dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing I wanted to talk about is avoidance terms. So, like, in addition to uh, fuck and shit and piss, you have fark or frig or frack frack and uh poop and smegging you know other softer terms that that stand in for the stronger terms is isn't darn of that origin yeah darn is and turn yeah. yeah well on the other hand you know in those videos you linked and I'm sure you'll probably link them in the actual post but, um, you know, in addition to having, like, 
instead of saying damn, you say darn, instead of saying fuck. There are a couple of different terms depending on, you know, what kind of connotation you want to go with it. So you can have, you know, fuck, have sex, make love. I hate that one. I really do. It sounds like a 12-year-old. Um, what make else do love. people eat for sex? Well, that's, yeah, a 12-year-old writing problem. poetry. Yeah. A 12-year-old crying in her room because Cop- some boy rejected her or something. Copulate uh, for, like, a medical term. That just sounds unfriendly. That just sounds, like, so old. Like, my grandmother trying to be polite or something. Fornication, if you're talking about sins in very, in, like, the Catholic Church. <laughs> Well, I mean, we can talk about the humor value of this. There's a, a Monty Python where, you know, one of them in drag is complaining to another one about how there's a penguin sitting on the TV and finally just one of them says, Intercourse, the penguin. In taking this clinical language and, and misapplying it. I should have thrown in this uh, <laughs> this thing in the Stephen Picker thing where he, he talks about the story where the the guy is F-bombing through all everything and then says uh, that he find, found his wife engaging in illicit sexual relations with a man. Mm-hmm. Or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, right? uh, yeah, you can you, you can play with that. That's sort of outside the realm of what we're talking about with conlanging. Well, at the same but, time, uh, these are important things in life. Like, having sex is important, you know, and bodily functions are important because... Everyone has to do them. So, you know, it makes sense that you're going to have a variety of different words. If you only have one word for having sex, one sex for going, one sex, one word for going to the bathroom, then, you know, your language is not very reflective of any kind of human condition because, you know. Right, so we have to do all of these things, but they're fraught with psychological issues, so people tend not to want to refer to them directly. <coughs> yes. Yeah. Well, one thing I was actually wanting to mention, though, with avoidance, and this is more about the avoidance words rather than just the, the various synonyms in different contexts, but uh, Chinese does a funny thing, especially on the Internet, because a lot of the actual quote-unquote correct characters for swear words don't appear in any um, IMEs. So... Well, that's uh, input uh, and input methods for Chinese characters. So they have to find other ones. They find a homophonous or nearly homophonous character and insert it. So the term for so the word the actual character for Tao is actually very explicit. It's a combination of the character for uh, to enter and the character for flesh. <laughs> I wonder what it means. So, you don't find it very often. Yeah, it means fuck, but tall. So, but what you find, like, online and such, is another character, tall, which, which it's older, it's actual meaning, and it's still used for this meaning, is, uh, just a bunch of, it's a very general, it's a, He's here to grasp, to hold, to operate, to steer, to exercise, to drill, as in practice. And so it's a lot of different meanings, but because it sounds like Tao, 
they use it for tall. And then there's this there's a hilarious in- internet meme where they take where this is very old in internet terms, uh, like a couple years old. But so the expression I'm going to say this expression, but I caution anybody not to use this "taunima," <laughs> which means "fuck your mother." It's very, very strong curse. Do not use it. You will get punched in the face in the street. But anyway, on the internet, there have been people who have replaced Taunima with Taunima, which means grass mud horse. (laughs) (laughs) And they even have, like, constructed this whole thing about the grass mud horse, and they take, like, pictures of alpacas and label them grass mud horse. I've seen that video. And you can buy stuffed grass mud, mud horses and such. And then another one that I think is funny is, I don't know the original character on this one, but there's a character called Zhu that, that was pronounced Zhu or maybe Ru that meant to fuck. Now, guess what they replaced that with? There's another character, Zhu, in Ruben, Japan, the, oh, it means sun, but they use the word that, yeah, the combination of it being phonetically close and it being associated with Japan <laughs> leads people to use that. And a very common phrase is gojirda, uh, dog fucked, which uses that <laughs> character for, Jap- for, that's associated with Japan as the word for fuck. Oh, I wish I had that word. <laughs> I think I called someone a dog fucker once. <laughs> you would never, ever, ever in a million years say that to an Arab. Oh my god, no. I know enough about that. I, I know that uh, thing. Yeah, this uh, is what a. Is this? Uh, dogs are. Yeah. Dogs are pretty dirty animals in. in uh, in Islamic religion, and it's a big problem, right? If you bring a dog, uh, a bomb-sniffing dog onto an airplane, if you get dog saliva on you, it causes problems for prayer. So dogs are dirty. I mean, they're ritually dirty. So things involving dogs are bad news. The problem is, is that uh, Westerners trying to learn Arabic have a difficult problem pronouncing the ka sound, um, which is the, the back sound. And so the word for heart, kalb, the word for dog, kalb. <laughs> so, you know, the joke is that can't tell the difference between their hearts and a, and a dog. I had, uh... I, I had a Saudi friend that was in the dorm with me that he had an irrational fear of dogs because of this cultural stuff. And he thought that if a, if a dog was around when he got out of the shower, it might bite his manhood off. <laughs> manhood. That's a great word. So, manhood, That's a nice avoidance term. It's not a nice avoidance term. It's a ridiculous avoidance term. <laughs> it's nice so, in that it was here for us to see. But his idea was it would see something dangling there and want to play with it and, and bite it off. Dogs are retarded. I'm sorry. I don't like dogs. I don't dogs. know if that's possible. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was surprised while flipping through the dictionary to learn that the, um, that the, the classical Nahuatl, one of many classical Nahuatl words for penis is okich nakat, which just means man meat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good descriptor. That is a pretty good description. Uh, so, here's another use of, of, sort of an inverse direction. So instead of going in the direction of avoidance terms, what happens when you take a perfectly harmless word and give it some additional meaning? So one thing I did do in my most recent language, and I don't know what sort of mood I was in when I decided this was a good thing to do, is I have a word that means to juice something, you know, like extract juice out of a fruit or tea or whatever. Yes, but it is also... (laughs) A word for having sex with someone. Oh, oh, I was thinking masturbate, but... No, no. It was discussed... Someone brought up this kind of vocabulary a month or two ago on the Facebook conlang, and I gave this example, and several people were appalled. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I did a good job with that one, I think. Well, there there are <laughs> things that can actually get par- fairly strong, like, uh, I believe, coger in Spanish Uh, to take. And in Spain, that's perfectly normal as, you know, synonym of tomar, it's not a big deal. But in some places in Latin America, it is extremely strong. Yeah, that's like in Argentina. Like, I would never use the word coher. Ever. In modern Greek, the word that used... So, the ancient Greek word for to marry someone, gameo. The the modern version of that word now means to fuck. Well, that, that only makes sense. Right, so <laughs> y- your words don't always become bled of implication. They can take on implication over time. Well, yeah. Well. What was I going to say? I mean, there's a lot of ones like that in English that you use in, like, kids' movies where they mean one thing and then well, just as, like, a play on words. That's something that... Uh, that probably comes through in a lot of times. I remember reading that fuck actually derived from a, like, proto-Germanic term that meant, like, to penetrate, to stick something through something. And it gradually sure became dirtier. Well, what Although else I, would I, you I, use it for? Now that I'm thinking about that... <laughs> Well, to pierce something with, like pierce a shield with your spear, that well, that turns into a dirty <laughs> thing. Well, the word vagina means sheath. That's true. Yeah. Vagina Latin. comes from so, a Latin word meaning yeah. sheath, as in. The I, I just sword. wanted to share my my favorite fact about the Indo-Europeans. So the Indo-European language did not give us one, but gave us two separate words for fart with separate meanings. Um, and they are? Well, you could have a noisy and obvious fart or a quiet fart. And they sound very similar. Pesdo and perdo. And then each individual um, oh. modern Indo-European language took one or the other. I, I don't think any modern ones inherited both. So I assume Oh, that- I was thinking like you were going to tell us there was magically two words in English. I was like, I nope. don't remember there being two in English. Yeah, so I assume English got perdo which became fart. Right. Well, gosh, it, in in the Germanic languages, 
uh, sibilance between voiced things became R, so I actually don't... I'd have to look at, like, Gothic or something to find out what happened there. <laughs> really? So, we don't know which one we have. I mean, someone does, it's just I don't offhand. I'd have to do research. Uh, the trouble with etymology. Yes. <laughs> uh. So, so one thing I want to talk about, we, we were talking briefly about... Uh... Uh, kids' language. So, lots of um, human languages have a baby talk register. A bunch of languages in the Pacific Northwest have a whole bunch of characteristic ways of deforming speech to match certain import culturally important animals. Oh, so, okay. for example, in in a story, you have you know bear talking will have a particular kind of change in the language. Deer talking might have a particular kind of uh, a change in the language. Um, coyote is especially likely to be incredibly vulgar and also, you, you know, make some changes. One of the interesting things, though, for some of these is, so like raven inserts into words at the end of the first syllable, usually the combination of, uh, I'm just going to add a, a, a holder vowel, ach you know, C-H-X. Because Raven is greedy, you can use the same deformation to talk about someone who you think is greedy. <laughs> or you can use it, or you can use a different one of these deformations to talk about somebody you think is cowardly. You would never do this to their face, probably. Uh. Right, so <laughs> it's interesting when you know you have half a dozen of ways of, of deforming speech to match the characters and the personalities of mythologically, culturally important animals. This becomes another more subtle way to insult people without, you know, talking about, you know, shit or sex. So this is, it's kind of like in English when you, when you are implying someone is stupid, you put on quote-unquote retard voice, where you... <laughs> I did them, that today as well. Yeah, where you try <laughs> to make them sound impaired. Yeah, I don't... I, I don't have, do that, but... No, I don't either, but I have a practice that's probably even worse. Um, for expressing opinions about certain kinds of politics, I'll put on a southern accent. Oh, I was about to say my retard voice is very similar to a southern accent, so I think we're going towards the same thing. Right, So, but it's the same, right? We're mixing and matching intelligence and, and perceived <laughs> cultural values <laughs> of people who are not living here. And, and this shows up, again, all, all over the world. So if you've got a good, a good rich con culture, you can, you know, use those... Um, as, as, as the basis for this sort of stuff as well. So yeah. we should probably move on to the featured con line. We've digressed enough from the subject. Oh no, there was one thing I wanted to mention. Okay, one more thing. One more and thing. William, you get one more thing if you want it. Alright. No, my thing takes all the time. <laughs> 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 Not really. Um, I was going to say, in English at the very least, and I think in Spanish too, there's very much a gender bias when it comes to swearing. I mean, I can think of probably three times as many curses that are more feminine rather than curses that are masculine. Oh, that's big, a big deal. Yes. In, in both well, English just... and Spanish, I can, I can think of, like, um, there's things like, you know, there is, on the female side, it shows historical gender biases. 
Because yeah. on the female slide, you have like words like slut, whore, and whore prostitute, and, bitch. Let's um, see. And uh, like things like madam have, have taken a, a more negative connotation. Whereas the like the strongest insult that really involves a male sexually, I guess maybe cocksucker. But other all other things are like cuckold, which is not used that much anymore. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of the old curses that has lost its meaning. Yeah. Also, like when I call someone a hussy, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, hussy is a funny word to me. Um, well, this but cocksucker brings in at least in the Western world and for a long time, sort of gender bias and sexual orientation. They get their wires crossed all the time. Uh-huh. So certainly in Latin, and to a certain degree in Greek, apply, implying or stating outright that a guy is either gay or womanish, mm-hmm. um, will 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 you know that's that's definitely insulting, um, and this presents itself in all sorts of complex ways. One of my favorite is that there's uh, an enormous body of just sort of kind of trivial, a lot of it, um, incidental short Greek poems called the Greek Anthology, and there's like a thousand, more than a thousand of these little poems. And there's an entire genre of poems of guys who want their young, younger boyfriends to give it up before their asses break out in a Mediterranean case of body hair. Because after that point, having sex with them becomes womanish, right? You're no longer having sex with a boy, you're having sex with a man. So, he needs to give it up. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> right, so it's, it's very complicated ideas of sexuals are, are ripe for all sorts of unpleasant language. Yes, yes, I can see that. We missed in our whole topic of things, like, well, I guess, you know, sexual orientation goes along with sex in the general category. Right. But, yeah, that's something that deserves mentioning, that sexual orientation. There's, gay is not actually a bad word, really. Yeah, but. it's one of those words that used to mean not much of anything and then got hijacked. And there's, and there's all these different... um um, all these different things. Um, gay, I think, tends to draw the modification because, like, I know in Chinese the word "tongzhi," which is the Chinese, <laughs> the Chinese um, equivalent of comrade. Although it predates <laughs> communism in China, but it take, took that meaning when communism came in is used to refer to homosexual men. Comrade, like, I was talking to my friend, and I was like, you know, comrade still, you know, connotates kind of your old Soviet Union thing. She's like, no, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, that's just because you're Russian. You know, it still means Soviet Union. If anyone says comrade to me, my first thought is definitely communism. Yeah, yeah. Well, not in China anymore. Apparently, that's an interesting development. Well, it's that, still that used in it's still used in official context in that way, but 
unofficially. I, I'm just imagining that. billion, not billions, hundreds of millions of Chinese teenage boys giggling every time the government announces something and uses that word. Oh, uh, it's it'll be big if in the uh, like parades and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but um, really, really, let's move on. It, this okay. connects to the gender bias thing and tangentially connects to China yes. Chinese because it's a tonal isolating language. The language we are featuring today is Le by Mark Rosenfelder. I think that's supposed to be tense. Le Le No, look at look at the vowel chart. Right. The mid-low ones are written differently. Oh, lay. Okay, lay. <laughs> but I got the tone right. Yes. As far as I, I can tell. It's, it's, I um, have, like, zero one. ability to tell the difference between a and eh, which I assume is what you're getting at here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, uh, I have a really hard time telling those apart if you don't, like, do the diphthong in English. Oh, sure. But that's a different story for a different day. But so let's talk about le. So it's you don't see very many tonal isolating languages in the conlang world. <laughs> That's one thing that that was that was the notable thing that had people that I was involved when I was looking into le, and uh, actually has a sound sample. I was a little surprised at the morphological straightforwardness of this language, just because I associate all sorts of wacky things with his languages. Really? Yeah, he's so used. This is, this is more like normal. By the way, that sound sample is already loaded and played a couple times. So let me actually play it for okay. you guys. Yeah, so there is a problem with the fact that with tonal languages, I know this from Chinese, you have to learn it a lot before, you have to learn a lot before you get to the point where you can actually deal with speaking it naturally and he yes is he's not quite there his tones are still a little exaggerated <laughs> although he i was very very sad to see the tone sunti chart oh the that right so for yeah, sun, sunti sunti for those who don't know, i expect most colonists do but but maybe not with this term uh, sunti is a is a nice little bit of um sanskrit grammatical Tech, uh, terminology just means joining. And, um, uh, yeah. And it refers I always, to... I found out that I'm pronouncing that wrong. Oh. <laughs> I, I call it Santi. Oh, yeah, no. I've definitely been saying it wrong as well. Santi. Well, that's, you see, that's the benefit of two years of Sanskrit. Okay, so, Santi. Um, it's the way all my professors said it. So, you know... See, Sanskrit needs to be put back in... Put, pardon? <laughs> Okay, anyway, t- talk I'm about sorry. your... I, I, I am noticing that they, they pattern here of the... There is a lot of Sandy. 
is a lot of it, yes. And it so it just tone Sunday just means when uh, two syllables of particular tones run into each other, one or the other tone will change um, in various ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this is pretty normal for tone languages, but then you have things like Vietnamese, which is kind to its speakers and does not afflict them with tone Sunday. I don't yeah. think there's anything kind about Vietnamese. <laughs> Mandarin actually <laughs> only has one rule, at least that I learned. Uh, it was two third tones. If you have two third tones, the first one goes to a second tone, which uh, makes it easier to pronounce for me. So, yeah, but yeah. this one has bunches of Sandy rules, and I wonder if it sometimes lowers the effective number of tones because he has so many. Yeah, there are five. There are nine of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's ew. Is exactly. I only used nine for like my cat language, and my thought on this was like, oh, cats have good hearing. You're talking about tones. We're talking about Sunday rules. He only oh, has five I thought tones. he said nine tones. I was like, that's no, insane. No, 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 no. no yeah, no, there's no. five here. I was like, okay. Nine. Yeah. Nine is big. Uh. Okay. Six is pretty big for contour tones, but uh, All right. he ha- he has five, but he has nine different Sandy rules, and they're a little complicated. And it's like the okay, do they do they apply to multiple? Um. Well. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of them. Well, I mean, there's there's four that are core, and then the five have to do with a particular have to do with clitics. Yeah, there's five more that, have, that are. Uh, in any case, I, I always found Tone Sunday a nightmare in Mandarin. Really? So yeah, it's just, there's only I, the one rule, really. Yeah, but what happens if you get, you know, five third tones in a row? What do you do? I was, yeah, anyway. You alternate. That's what sort I do. Yeah, well, that was never know. taught well, in my opinion. I'm not a big fan of tone. I remember my field methods class, we had an African language um, from Cameroon, Tiberia. Uh, it only had, like, three tones. They fucked me over so bad. It was horrible. <laughs> I, I'm very few people invent tonal languages, so I'm always happy to see that. But uh, that said, I have my own hang-up. I'm really, really fond of two-tone and three-tone systems. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of tone. Yeah, well, I studied Chinese for several years, so it makes it easier probably for me to to hear. Yeah, thankfully, yeah. the girl working on the tone for our field methods class, she was taking Chinese, so she's like, "Yeah, kind of. It takes a bit of learning." And I was like, "Okay, well." Once you get used to it, once you get used to tone, at least from what I got from learning Chinese, now I can identify a tonal language that I uh, I can identify something as a tonal language that I've never heard before. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like hearing aspiration, where it takes a bit of training, Yeah, but then you can't turn it off, and you're like, what the hell is this? So, there's 
a number of interesting things here. There's, um, it looks like he took a lot of stuff from Chinese. In, there's lots of compounding yeah. and such. Uh, honestly, I didn't see it as being particularly Chinese. I mean, the first thing you're like, ah, tone, tone contour must be like Chinese, but there's a lot about it that isn't. Yeah, there's some. Uh, I was especially flabbergasted to discover that it uses a base 8 number system. Oh. Ew. Right. And it has... This is very un-Chinese. It has singular, dual, pockle, and plural right. numbers. Yes. <laughs> and it's interesting. I'm not a big fan of pockle. Uh, the, for, these are for personal pronouns. I don't know if he has any marking on nouns. Um, Why don't you like pockle? I don't know. Like... Pockle is... It's all right. I mean, um, I don't dislike it. Things, right? okay. Yeah, it's for a, a small number, but and he starts. He can. You can start with yeah, which is interesting to me. Oh yeah, the oh, word initial engma. Yeah, yeah. Although. I yeah, I was looking at the too, questions. Do to do, and there's a couple different particles, and then there's one that comes at the end that's like nga. And it just reminded me horribly of, like, what I hear in Portuguese, and which I'm probably sure I say wrong. It's, like, just, eh, but it's, like, some horrible nasal-y thing. And I was like, oh, God. But they use that as, like, you know, a tag thing at the end. I don't know what it's called. At this, has, point, has, at this point, I'm useless, guys. Yeah. He has specific <laughs> positions for time and place. It's a little bit chinese but yeah, he does it very differently, though. Except he has a t he uses tense, not aspect. Uh huh. He's not doing you know like verb complements or anything like that. It looks like. Hmm. And, uh, to, to, to me, the the funkiest thing about this language was the multiple um, strategies for relativization. Oh, I'm trying to find that now. Which is. Ass backwards compared to Mandarin. I love the sentences here used as an example. They're just so hilarious. <sighs> oh, there's introductory and final particles for yes, no questions. Sure. Yeah, like yeah. It's fun. And, and for all questions. those That's interesting. I like that. And where's the relativity? It's called subordination. It's below the negatives. Mm. So in 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 Mandarin, your what effectively the, the grammatical structure that acts like a relative clause comes before the head. Uh -huh. In here, it comes after. So you uh, whack on yeah. you whack on a clause, and then you have a clause final subordinator. Which, oh, yeah, which that's odd. That is odd. Clause final, when it follows, makes it... Can I add that I really don't like reduced relatives? <sighs> what do you mean? Like in English. Can you give me an example so I know exactly what you mean by reduced relatives? Reduced relative clauses. So he, <laughs> he, posits, he posits a culture that is matriarchal. Yes. 
for like, this language. Like, the cultural stuff for this is hilarious. Like, so, I like this so much better as a feminine language than Ladon. Ladon was stupid. <laughs> this is actually, if nothing else, interesting. So, let's see, where can I find this? I'm trying to find somewhere. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's very much... So, it flips the gender bias that we were talking about with English and Spanish and other languages. So, you have Habor, a man with a nice body but an ugly face. I hate those. And Honplay, a male prostitute. They have a a basic term for a male prostitute. Uh, Oste, a man who bosses his wife around. You know, words like that. And, uh, what? Whore is dick, cock, general slang for man. That's funny that he called it whore. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I think this is, this was, um, Bianca, this was your favorite when we were looking at it. It says, it was, uh, care, well-formed male ass, cute guy. <laughs> I don't remember mentioning that, but it's definitely worthwhile. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I'm pronouncing these R's right. I don't know what R's they are. It doesn't say. Um, it does say. They're kind of... They're not a trill. They not approx- a they're, trill. They're, kind, they're oh, kind of approximates, actually. Care? They're kind of just English R's? Yeah, they're not exactly, but in, in any case. It's it's retroflex R. It's, that's Mandarin influence. Sure. Because um, Mandarin has a retroflex R. With long, beautiful hair. I hate men with long hair. It looks bad. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, I'm uh, just reading here. I'm sorry, guys with long hair. It's just... It's like, you can look good, but you'd look better with short hair. So, hey, you know. Hey, call. A man highly skilled at foreplay. <laughs> Why are you reading these? Uh, look under despectives. Uh, I can't even read anymore. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, there's a man who never seems to talk. That sounds like all men. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's all other terms for uh women and one of them is uh Glinlaw. Gling promiscuous woman a manizer. ridiculous in English. So here's a, here's a great word though of 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 not going with you know sex or 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 or, or gender or religion is udu a large parasitic worm similar to a guinea worm or a woman who refuses to work or support her family. Ah, see that's a nice one. I like yeah, the the cool. use using animal terms for their characteristics and using those to describe people. Certainly, there are plenty of business people. I'll call a weasel in English. That seems to be pretty. Yeah, you get quite yeah, a bit of that, like 
oh, what is it called? A leech in English. Same uh-huh. type of thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, One thing I want to think, say, though, is I think a lot of his um, figuring out for this culture, a lot of what he's doing with this culture is less creating a new unique culture and more simply flipping all the Western uh, terms and preconceptions. Yeah, I'm... I loathe, loathe, with a white hot screaming passion, the whole men are from Mars, women are from Venus crap. Yeah. I think humans... My, my reasoning for this is go talk to a gay couple or a lesbian couple. They don't seem to have any better luck figuring each other out than heterosexual couples, so I think it's all crap. So interpersonal things and all that stuff is all that stuff is culturally based. Like in our culture, it's very well under it's very it's thought that men have greater sexual appetites than women. But there's other cultures that that believe that women have more in our own culture, two centuries ago, we thought women were the had the stronger sexual appetite. Oh God! Yeah. I remember reading some horrible, like Freudian type stuff about that, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> they, uh, right, so, so the, the point is, I, I agreed. When the longer I looked at this language, the more it seemed like an inversion. I mean, there's something, yeah. but it just seems it's it's too much. It's I mean, that's that's interesting, right? It, it can be an interesting thought experiment, like the, the episode of Star Trek where they did the same thing and they had men basically being slaves and women doing all the work. I thought it was that same episode, because it's very I much the same thing, where it's just like the same thing but opposite. Yeah. And was- which, I don't mind. It's a nice change of pace. It I mean, I'd say two, well. two out of three of my con peoples, I suppose you call them, happen to be male-dominated. And it's just a nice change to see it the opposite way around. Yeah, it's interesting, but the way it's executed here, it's, it's seems unrealistic that they would have the same stereotypes about men and women, but it would just be that women are dominant, so we detract on the men. Well, it yeah. depends. I mean... It would be more interesting if he had something weird, something different, like he made it so women are thought of as more, had had greater sexual, uh, that women had greater sexual appetites. Or if he had eunuchs in this culture and eunuchs had some special place in the culture as well. Something like that. Yeah, then that gets very complicated and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he always, most of the time, he does such a good job with his languages that it's it's always worthwhile. I mean, for beginning, so I'm always, you know, recommending languages to beginning conlangers, and, and his entire site, zompas.com, is full of all sorts of interesting things. Yeah. Is it um, wrong that I've never actually looked at his site? Oh, yes. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, you need to look at it. You need to look Sorry. at it. Sorry. <laughs> his languages are interesting, yes. And... I wish I, I could peruse more of them. This and I recommend looking at this language because apart from this us being bored with the the whole just simple flipping the gender roles, 
it has I a lot of interesting things. One thing that piqued my interest, and I'm trying to find it now, is it has prag the whole series of pragmatic markers. Yes, 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 love those. He, but, he, he includes some of these things that you often meet, right? Every conlanger comes up with charts. Uh-huh. Many, if we're lucky, come up and explain to us how to pronounce their language. Um, but he, Rosenfelder and, and people who sort of, who hang out and, and, and I think the Akana project sort of borrowed a lot uh, of ideas from him or, or an approach. The bottom of this, this language has a huge vocabulary list with, you know, a large and varied vocabulary, including a lot of, you know, boring stuff like river. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, my favorite so far is the sense of one's eyes glazing over from pouring too closely over long lists of information. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right, so that, that's, that's, that's kind of a useful word. But uh, he's attentive to these things. I, I honestly... His languages are not usually bizarre or strange. He's got a few that are odd. But in terms of what you should aspire to in documenting your own language, there are much worse models in the world. It's got completeness. It has a nice consideration for a culture to go with the language, which yeah, I like. Yeah, he, he's always good about that. And like even the examples, which I still really enjoy reading, show that as well. I mean, I enjoy that part of it. Um, what else? Yeah, the pragmatic markers are nice. I don't know. I, 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 I'm still looking at those. I always forget those. They're good to add because it's not like you'd speak without them. Right. I'm obsessed with them, so I tend to include them. But... I always forget it. <laughs> oh, that and you know, if you actually like have to speak in front of people, these are all the things you're supposed to avoid. Well, no, those are like the fill words, like um, never mind. Well, that's yeah, that's different from the the pragmatic. Yeah, just they're, kidding. They're I'll put my head down. Like, now. <laughs> you know, yeah, those words. Yeah, but you're not supposed to use those either, now, are you? Um, those are very important for a foreign language speaker to know. Especially well, I'm not talking you... about, like, foreign language. I'm talking about, like, speaking in front of people. Uh, you're supposed to, in, in very formal speech, you're supposed to avoid those kind of things. Yes. But it's very important to know those things. Because, yes, it is. Um, you have to. It's 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 very important to say if you want to write dialogue in this language, because I, you have to I, know how people talk. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, well, if you know, I'm giving the speech, I wouldn't use it. But at the same time, you know, I've reached the point where I'm writing things, and it just sounds so telegraphic that I write. I like this, and I like this, and this, and this, and this, and I'm like, it's missing the flow. It needs the kind of, it needs those words that kind of go in between that, you know, the pragmatic mm. markers. 
Oh, the divinities are interesting. He says they have personalities rather than portfolios. So there's not gods of harvest and gods of wisdom, but there's there's an intelligent, cold, and eccentric god. Goddess, actually. I'm looking over this vocab, and they have to menstruate, which is from piss blood, which just sounds like a horribly male idea of what menstruation is. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe you would prefer what Ladon had with the seven different words for menstruation there. Why do you need seven words? It's just one thing. There's there was one for first menstruation, and there's like well, we have that in English too. We just don't use that word very often. Although I assume it's from French. Yeah, Uh, menarche. Oh yeah, like you have read that in like science textbooks. Was it? Yeah, menarche. Yeah. M E N. I think it's uh, my dictionary doesn't have. It. I have funny. only seen that in like my biology textbook. It's uh, it's flowering. Ancient... But excuse me, I've heard the term flowering. That may be uh, what blossoming. blossoming. Yeah, all of these these agricultural <laughs> <What>? metaphors. <laughs> so yes, yes, agricultural metaphors for sex are, sex are always fun, right? <laughs> well, there's definitely plenty of those plowing. deflowering. But anyway. I think we can kind of... We're running we, much yeah. longer than we usually do. We might want Bonus to. episode. Why don't we go into... This is this is already a big bonus <laughs> <laughs> that we're talking about so much things. I may, I may cut out half the show and put it as a bonus. What? <laughs> Editing is fine. Yeah, go ahead. It can be an XL episode like QI. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. But um, I do want to get to our feedback mm. really quick. Um, and we had a comment from a guy by the name of Kenneth Nyman. If I I'm a hundred percent sure you said that last name wrong. It could be Newman or something or whatever. But he says, and he talks about Swedish. Which, um, you might be able to help us with this. And he, this is on episode 9 about formality, and he says, the changing use of du and ni in 20th century Swedish may be an interesting example of how rules of courtesy and formality may change. In earlier Swedish, one should use a title when addressing someone of higher social rank than oneself. Intimates could address each other with du. A person of higher social rank could address something with l- someone with lower social rank using ni, uh, which is second person plural pronoun. It has uses this, that singular plural thing like uh, English used to. In early 20th century, there were attempts to change formality s- system to the TV's distinction using ni as an all-purpose formal pronoun, but those were only partly successful, especially in conservative areas, because many people still considered ni very unfriendly. So I guess it's like, you don't want to call people ni because it's you're talking to somebody lower than you, so it seems kind of bad. Yeah, it is kind of like you automatically take the superior foot when you're taking knee, or when you use knee. 
Um, I don't really know much about it just because I never bothered learning about it because no one actually uses it anymore. But anyway, like his last two points in this is basically saying that people in service applications are using Nemore. And it seems to be moving closer to the French-German distinction. So that's annoying. So that's an interesting thing of how these things can change. The formality thing is one thing that can change very quickly. Will, are you still there? Yeah, I am still there. I'm just pondering the idea of people making a deliberate attempt to do this to their own language. I don't know know if it's deliberate, because it sounds like they heard about it and heard it was a formal, informal thing, and then assumed it was like the French or German or Spanish they learned in school and started using it that way. Which sounds weird, I would think. Yeah, why would you do that? Which sounds weird. I'm not sure which way it goes, just because I don't know that much about Swedish. Um, or anything at this point. Well, you're honest. learning it, so you know more than I'm learning it-ish, if you <laughs> mean me typing in a variety of insults. Um, it's interesting. I know that the evolution of tu and usted and vos in Spanish has a, a similar sort of very... Has has a different has a uh, a progression like this where things moved in around and then of course there's English uh, losing thou. Yeah. Uh, someone came up to me and said thou the other day, and I wanted to punch them for being a douchebag. I was like, you're clearly trying to do that to be clever, but you're not actually that clever since you used it wrong. And I've heard, I've heard, you want it to sound fancy, but it's actually the informal, so just go away. In in uh, in high school, I remember people using using it. I think this is correct, saying "comest hither" for "come here." I no, don't know. I don't think that is a correct imperative. Is is there actually an imperative form when you're going that far back? Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, well, then they were... I'm just not sure it has the same ending as the normal indicative. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, like, I they tried know. to do a normal indicative sentence, but then they just used the same conjugation as you, and I was like, please go away, I'm not in the mood for this. <laughs> Why <Sorry>. don't we <laughs> call it a day? Yes, and please. I will see if I can make something out of this. Wait, wait. Oh, we, still, we, we still want to hear comments from people if, if we have done anything to make them do something different in their languages. Yes. yes. Another thing. Just before we leave, I want to... I don't know why I haven't announced this on the podcast before. I'm doing the Constructed Languages beat on weird things. It's a volunteer thing, but I've... It's it's a fun little site that ha- that posts about strange phenomena and other stuff. But, um... I need weird conlang stories. So, you can actually email those directly to me at uh, gacorley at gmail.com uh, but... 
I need stuff like, you know, newsy stuff like somebody's translating a brochure into Klingon or stuff like that. And uh, interesting languages that are that can be interestingly explained to a layman is another good one. So, if you can email me some of those kind of stories, that would be nice. Yes, and more feedback. I love getting feedback. What was that? I don't know, guys. Well, anyway, if Bianca is done moving furniture, <laughs> I'm going to say happy conlanging. Thank you for listening to Conlangery. You can find all our episodes and show notes, as well as subscribe to our iTunes or RSS feeds through conlangery.conlang.org. You can also like our Facebook page or follow at Conlangery on Twitter. If you would like to contact us with corrections, comments, questions, or suggestions, or even suggest your own Conlang as a feature, please email conlangery at gmail.com or call into our new voicemail line, 304 873-6281. We also have a handy suggestions form on our site. Our theme music was created by Xander Medeus. What is it about you that bloody well makes you want to go on about it the whole bloody time? Vulgar but fluent. You don't stammer when you swear. No, bugger off! Is that the best you can do? Well, bloody bugger to you, you beastly bastard. Oh, a public school prig could do better than that. Shit. Shit, 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 shit. Shit, 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 yes, shit! Defecation flows trippingly from the tongue. Because I'm angry! Do you know the F word? F fornication? Oh, Bertie. Fuck. Fuck! 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 Fucking fuck! Fuck! Fucking bugger! 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 Buggity! 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 Fuck! Fuck! Arse! Yes! Balls! Balls! Fucking shit! You see? Shit, not a shit, hesitation. Willy! Willy! Shit and fuck! Fuck face. Shit whore. Uh, mierda puta... Carajo. Joder. Fuck. Joder. Joder. Fuck. Jodido. Fucked up. Shit. Piss. Tawni Tzutong Shibadai. Fuck your ancestors to the 18th generation. Fuck. Cunt. Cunt. Fuck. Cunt. Bugger. 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 Perkele. Perkele. Ritu. Diable. Erdo. Yevla. Chingada. Hijo de puta. Joda madre. Motherfucker. Joder. Fuck. Bitch. Fucking. Motherfucking. Fuck. Fuck. Fucking. God damn it. Fuck. Shit. Cocksucker. Fuck. Shit. Piss. Fuck. Fuck. Tao. 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 Tao ni ma. Fuck your mother. Tao ni ma. Zhi. Fuck. Go zhi da. Dog fucked. Dog fucker. Coher. Coher. Fuck. Fuck. Shit. Jesus. Slut. Whore. whore. Bitch. Cocksucker. You cocksucker. Fuck. And tits. Sodomy.